Welcome, this is Dr. Mobeen Sayed with one more episode of Long Story Short with Dr. Bean from the FLCCC platform. Today we'll continue with the brain health and the various lifestyles that can help with the brain health. This is a series that we have already discussed about five topics from this one. Today is the last topic. My request is to watch the other topics before watching this because there are going to be some terms here that will be carried over from the previous talks. In addition to that, I have a red eye today. So I'm going to keep my image off so you're not distracted and let's start our discussion. So quickly, the paper that we're talking about. So if you see here the section 3.44 alcohol consumption and the other today the section we'll discuss is 3.46 chronic stress. And quickly the paper is this one, the sleeping brain harnessing the power of the glymphatic system through lifestyle choices. So getting back to the previous discussion that we have done, astrocytes in the brain, the cells that are providing their foot processes that make a collar around the vascular system, creating a perivascular space. And these astrocytes have the foot processes which have water channels in them called aquaporine 4. In this diagram, what we're talking about is that astrocytes are supposed to have most of their aquaporin on their foot processes because the foot processes are the one that are surrounding the blood vessels and these are the ones that are busy with moving the fluids or substances out of the perivascular space and into the interstitial space of the brain. And in this diagram, the foot process has less aquaporins and the cell body has more aquaporin. This is called a depolarized astrocyte. This one is called a polarized astrocyte where the polarity is of the aquaporin 4 present on the feet. Here the polarity is gone because the aquaporin are now present on the head, if you will, or the body of the cell as well. This is bad. This is good. Now let's see how alcohol and stress affects the astrocyte and in turn causes abnormality or change in the brain's glymphatic flow resulting in a change in brain's health. So first alcohol. So imagine that this is an astrocyte and the astrocyte is exposed to alcohol and the substances of the alcohol. What happens is that as a person consumes alcohol at high levels, and what do we mean by high levels? One gram per kilogram alcohol. Then what happens is that the alcohol and its substrates, its components, they go and within the astrocyte, they open up a protein gene that is called glial fibrillary acidic protein or GFAP protein the expression of that protein increases. And now, before we go on to see what happens with that, also notice that in a normal astrocyte, the aquaporins, the, these red channels that I've made in this diagram, are on the feed processes mainly. Now, when the expression of the GFAP protein increases, what it does is, number one, it causes the astrocytes to divide. It causes them to become active. Plus, it causes the foot processes to have fewer channels and it starts rearranging the channels on the remaining part of the astrocyte. So you can say that expression of GFAP as a result of alcohol causes depolarization of astrocytes. 
Now, this depolarization is really a bad thing. Why? As we've seen in our previous discussions as well, here is aquaporin present on the astrocyte foot process. And the benefit is that from this paravascular space, the CSF and the substances coming out of the blood system, nutritional substances, these move out into the brain's interstitial tissue and they wash the beta amyloids and other waste products that are accumulating here. And if this structure is disturbed, if the aquaporins are less on the foot processes and more on the astrocyte body, then lesser fluids will move through the brain tissue or interstitium of the brain and lesser cleaning of the brain will occur. Of course, there is less nutrition to the brain as well. There is less oxygen to the brain as well. There is accumulation of more waste products as well, especially beta amyloids. And you can, I think, see from the remaining lectures that we have done that this would be a really bad thing. The brain would start developing this trash in it, and that is the beta amyloids and other waste products, which in turn will cause even more disruption of the interstitial fluid flow or glymphatic flow, or the convection flow of the glymphatic system, resulting in more and more disturbance of the flow and more and more piling up of the trash products causing more and more cognitive issues, memory issues, and many other executive function problems. Now, there is a couple of interesting things. Number one, after high or intermediate levels of alcohol consumption, and then 24 hours of sobriety, this effect starts becoming reversed. So fortunately, it is not permanent. But if somebody is exposed to high levels of alcohol on a continuous basis, then they will not allow their brain to restore and recover and that might then end up causing permanent damage. On the other hand, this is also very interesting, low dose, which is 0.5 gram per kilogram of alcohol consumption, actually improves the glymphatic flow by reducing the GFAP expression, which in turn causes reduced risk of Alzheimer's disease. So according to this paper, low amounts of alcohol consumption are actually useful for glymphatic clearance of the waste products, but intermediate and high amounts are dangerous and these would actually cause disruption of the glymphatic system and accumulation of the waste products. Okay, so the next one, stress, especially the chronic stress. So short-term stress is actually good. Short-term stress is valuable for us to adapt to the challenges and to survive. However, long-term stress or chronic stress, so this is a mouse study in which they created chronic stress on the mice and the result was that their suprarenal glands or adrenal glands started producing a lot of cortisol. So what happens is that the hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal axis becomes overly active for cortisol. So there is cortisol releasing hormone, then adrenocorticotropic hormone, and then cortisol or glucocorticoids are released. So when there is chronic increase in cortisol levels in our body, what happens is that these glucocorticoids, they enter the brain and they bind to glucocorticoid receptors or mineralocorticoid receptors in the brain tissues, just like they bind everywhere in our body. However, binding of excessive amounts of glucocorticoids to astrocytes actually cause the death of the astrocyte, which will of course mean reduced number of astrocytes. Reduced number of astrocytes will mean 
reduced number of foot processes wrapping the blood vascular system. Reduced number of foot processes will mean reduced number of aquaporin channels because the foot processes contain the channels. Of course, now you can probably extrapolate the remaining part that as soon as the aquaporin channels are reduced, this accumulation of trash will occur again. In addition to this, chronic stress and presence of glucocorticoid excessive amounts in the brain also causes an increased production of beta-amyloid precursor proteins. So the proteins that will give rise to beta-amyloid, the proteins one step before the beta-amyloid, their production increases. So that means we have a double problem. The double problem is that on one end, we have lesser amount of glymphatic flow because there are less foot processes, there are less aquaporins, and so there is less flow of the glymphatic system. That means there is less removal of the waste product. That means there is accumulation of the waste product, including beta-amyloids. However, beta-amyloid production has increased as a result of excessive glucocorticoids, which will actually exacerbate this situation, resulting in progression in Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and as I said before, many other executive functions that will become disrupted. Now, it is interesting in this paper, they talk about it, that mifepristin, which is a glucocorticoid receptor blocker, reverses this reduced effect or reduced aquaporin-4. So this leads to, and this can lead to improvement in glymphatic flow. So this may be a drug to experiment with in people with Alzheimer's disease, which especially because the Alzheimer's disease, which is because of the glymphatic flow effect. Now, please remember, mifepristin is also used for chemical abortions as well. So just be careful that somebody who's pregnant should not be using this. So this is the discussion. So once again, chronic stress and high amounts of alcohol consumption can lead to disruption of glymphatic system, which can in turn lead to progression of Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and deterioration of executive functions of our brain. So this concludes this series of discussions. I would request you to look at the paper as well. There is a lot more that is over there. I have picked up some important pieces and presented them to you. And thank you very much. I would see you next time. Bye.